Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Just Get Fit with Nikki. I'm your host, Nikki, a certified nutrition coach and personal trainer. And today I wanted to talk about postpartum life. So if you are expecting, you are a new mom, if you're already a mom, or you're just curious, this is what this episode is about. And as usual, I will always be open and honest in terms of sharing my own experiences and when it comes to, you know, my pregnancy, when it comes to the postpartum life, I want to remind everyone that everyone's journey looks and feels incredibly different. Even when I talk to friends who gave birth within days or weeks of me, their experience when it came to the birthing process, the postpartum, their recovery has been very different. Now that I said that, I'm going to jump in and I'm going to start by saying, one big thing that I have noticed postpartum, not necessarily right away after um, Maya arrived, but it's gotten progressively more challenging uh, as the weeks have gone by. And I am now on week five postpartum, turning into week six. And my brain, oh my goodness, my brain seems to work a lot harder than it did in the past. And this is super normal. There's a lot of science behind it. I've read into it. It's really interesting. I'm not going to, I'm not going to say bore you with that, but I'm not going to miscommunicate that information because I have a hard enough time recounting my own experiences, let alone getting extra sciency on you. But if you are noticing that postpartum that you go, oh my gosh, you know, me walking into a room and not knowing why I'm here or what I was going to do or what I was going to say is worse than before. Um, hello, I feel you, I see you, and it is very normal and it will pass. Now, in addition to that, I think that when it comes to the whole postpartum thing, there's a lot of questions that I get in terms of like, okay, well, how was your recovery? Like you experienced tearing during delivery. How is that? How's breastfeeding? How are all these things? And so I'm going to give you a little bit of a rundown on everything. And so when it came to birth and recovery, we basically left the hospital, I want to say like 36 hours after I delivered, I would have left definitely sooner, but they only do the um, baby testing for certain things within 24 or at the 24 hour mark and beyond. So she couldn't get her hearing test done or certain things done if we didn't stay. So that's the reason why we ended up staying a little bit longer. But once again, everyone is different in terms of when they can or want to go home. I definitely wanted to go home right away. And I will say that it was just a lot easier to go home because when you're in the comfort of your own bed, you know where all your things are, you have access to your own food and kitchen and whatever it is. I found a lot easier. Um, but going home definitely was a challenge in terms of some of the pain and recovery. And so when it came to pain management, I was basically just told, you know, Advil and Tylenol, you know, every four hours as needed. Obviously, I'm not going to get into amounts and all those kinds of things, but that was what I was told by my midwives and my healthcare providers based on my experience. So Yours might be very different, but that's just what I use for pain management. Um, was it always enough? Generally speaking, yes. I think for me, it was more about discomfort than anything being excruciatingly painful. Sure. 
does it hurt to do certain things? Absolutely. But it's not, it's not that bad. At least for me, it wasn't. And I can say that five weeks later because I have likely forgotten about some of that pain, but I absolutely remember it was maybe three days after delivering where I was like, I think everything will be just so much easier when my, um, vagina doesn't, you know, hurt when I walk and when my nipples don't feel like they're going to fall off (laughs) because holy smokes, these are a lot of changes that my body has gone through in quite a short period of time. And so that's the reality of it. I can tell you though, that within 10 days, things were incredibly a lot better. That doesn't even make sense, but there's my postpartum brain. Things were a lot better. Things were a lot less painful. I definitely wasn't taking, um, medication anymore. But once again, if you have a C-section or depending on your delivery, you might need pain management medication longer. And so I think some of the things that really helped me that I was glad to have were some things in like a postpartum kit that I ordered. I think the brand is called Frida, but basically it had, um, ice pads in there. It had witch hazel. It had these perennial, uh, cooling pads that you can put in your panty liners. It came with diapers. I also had a girlfriend send me some adult diapers as well, because maybe, you know, maybe you don't, but there's quite a bit of bleeding that you experience postpartum. And so it was nice to be able to pop those on without having to worry about uh, leaking or staining your sheets or doing all those things when you are literally just trying to get through your day and change your newborn diapers and feed them and feed yourself and, and manage all those things. And so that was one thing that was super helpful. Now, in terms of breastfeeding, now, not everyone's going to breastfeed, not everyone's going to want to, not everyone is going to be able to. And I think that is very normal. There should never be any shame around how you feed your child. Fed is best. That is all I have to say in terms of, you know, what you choose. But I will uh, say that if you are curious or wanting to breastfeed and to try that, some things that I found very helpful was taking um, prenatal classes because that actually helped with a lot of information in terms of breastfeeding, some strategies for that. And my big takeaway, which I will happily share, is that if you do want to breastfeed, you should have support lined up for after your baby comes. And what I mean is have someone you can call literally like when baby comes to be like, Hey, can I schedule an appointment or can you come over to help me with this? Because if you were a new mom like myself, you don't know what you're getting into and what you think might be normal or what you think you can tolerate pain wise, uh, might not necessarily be what you should be doing. And so I got the name of a postpartum doula, here in Vancouver who would come to your home and, you know, she charged us by the hour. I was like, let me have her come. I think it was like two days after I left the hospital because although I did see a lactation specialist there and though I did get help from nurses, I was really still struggling and I was in a lot of pain. Like when they warn you about having, you know, crack nipples, scabs, blisters, all those things, check, check, check. I had all of them within, I want to say two or three days, because I think the thing that many moms experience is that we go, Oh, we'll just grin and bear it. Like it's okay. It's painful. You're kind of, 
you think that it's going to be painful and people tell you that it's going to be painful. And so you just go like, okay, well it is painful. So I'm just going to, you know, suck it up and feed my kid. And that's what it is. But the reality is what I was also told during my breastfeeding, you know, prenatal classes was that it should not be painful. It really shouldn't. And I was told that. And yet here I am being like, okay, well maybe there's an adjustment process. So I would endure feeding that was very uncomfortable where you, you know, baby latches and you, and you kind of like grimace and you're like, oh my God, like, oh my God. And yes, I would sometimes, you know, break the seal for her to get her to try to latch again. And I would still be like, okay, well, it still really, really, really hurts, but it's like slightly better. So I'll just let you do it. And this really led to me damaging my nipples, having an excruciating amount of pain, not being able to feed her on one side uh, because I was in so much pain and I was bleeding. And so I really, really recommend, like, even despite all that and everything I knew and everything I was told, I still ended up in that position. And that's why I, I recommend actually having someone come to you because while I did have the lactation specialist come and talk to me at the hospital, and, you know, show me different ways to feed her. She didn't really help with latching. She helped more with like position for the baby. And, you know, you can do cross cradle or she's like, I'll show you the football position. And really the football position, because I was having trouble on one side in particular, it's great in theory. If you are going to be in a hospital bed and have access to six pillows and never plan on feeding your child outside of a setting where you have six pillows, uh, sure, it's fantastic. But for a lot of us, I mean, at least for me, I did not find that very helpful long term because if I'm going out, I'm not bringing six pills with me. And it's also not necessarily easy to do and to set up and to, to do all those things. So find a position that is actually comfortable. And, and I do mean comfortable. Like you should not have your shoulders up to your earlobes. You should not be hunting your back, all those kinds of things, which is why I do recommend having someone give you guidance and suggestions and actually advocating for yourself and saying, you know what? I don't like this or it's not comfortable or it hurts. And there's nothing wrong with saying any of those things because it is a really tough thing to do and to learn to do. But I would say within literally also that 10 day period of her coming back, I had basically recovered from the damage I'd done to my nipples in the first three days. Um, I, in that time period, I'd use the silverettes, which are these little, they kind of look like little silver nipple shields that you can put on top and they help with recovery and repair. Those were a lifesaver. The lanolin, which is like a nipple cream you can put on top of your nipples after feeding. That really helped. I was also told by the postpartum doula that you can use some of that lanolin inside your breast pump when you're pumping because that can help more like lubricate the inside of your pump, which means and it's not going to be chafing if your nipples are already getting used to breastfeeding and are sensitive. So those were some things that I learned. But the biggest thing that she helped me with was showing me how baby should latch and how to correct a latch. And now literally since that, I want to say 10th, maybe two weeks, it has been absolutely pain-free. I haven't had to use any nipple cream. I haven't had to use silverettes. I'm not uncomfortable. I can breastfeed anywhere. Like I can go to a restaurant 
I can know that I can latch her properly there. I don't need six pillows. I don't need a breast pillow um, or a breastfeeding pillow or any of that. Uh, and that was well worth the money. Was it an investment? Yes, it was a couple hundred dollars. However, when I hear people having pain and discomfort for weeks and weeks and weeks or months, I know that that easily could have been me. And so I say this without any judgment, but if you do have the ability to either talk to a friend, a doula, someone you feel comfortable and safe with, you know, popping your boo out and doing that with, it is so worth it to avoid the pain because I know so many people who have tried to breastfeed and simply due to the pain and discomfort, just called it quits and given up because they didn't have the support or knowledge or anything like that. Um, so that is something that I would plan for before you give birth, if you are wanting to try breastfeeding and if it doesn't work, that's okay. There are a lot of amazing human beings who have been fed formula. You wouldn't know. I mean, I was one of them, right? There's not everyone who's going to be, um, I'm not trying to say I'm this amazing human being, but there's lots of people like, you know, you look at adults and you, you don't think about how someone was fed. So don't stress about it. Do what you need to, to get baby fed, to preserve your mental, physical, and emotional health and embrace it. So that's a little low down on, you know, some recovery stuff down below some breastfeeding stuff. Now I want to say something else. And that was when it comes to postpartum healing down there. One thing that I was really nervous for was that first postpartum poop. I know a lot of people are worried about peeing. Peeing was not scary. One thing that was really helpful though, that my doula showed me is she's like, get a little cup, get a straw, blow bubbles into some water, and that will help you get your first pee. And it really did. It really helped so much. When it came to that postpartum poop, oh man, I was so nervous. So some things that made that a little bit easier, <laughs> and literally, this is something where I, w I had a couple of friends and after I went, I messaged them, I'm like, that was the best poop of my life, you guys, because I went in pregnancy, I my pregnancy, I was someone who pooped literally three or four times a day. I'm not that person who got constipated. I was pooping so many times it was inconvenient, um, but going from that to not pooping for four or four and a half days, I was like, oh my gosh, so stressed, so uncomfortable. And for that reason, when I did actually pack my hospital bag, I packed prunes, I packed some like smooth move tea, I was hydrating lots, I was eating, I think I said that prunes, but doing all those things, I did take uh, some stool softener and all those things helped. And they always tell you like, you know, don't push. And you're like, but don't I need to push like a little bit? How much is too much? And worrying about all these things. And so I will say it isn't so scary. It might, you know, freak you out a little bit, but you can do it. If you need to talk to your healthcare provider about asking for some other tips. Um, but one thing I also found, actually, I think it was on Instagram. And then my midwife also shared this. She's like, she can get a little pad put that in the front and you can apply some pressure. So when you are pushing, not, not hard, but an appropriate amount <laughs> for your poop, um, that you are feeling support in the front. And, you know, if you do have stitches, know that it'll be okay. Um, that postpartum kit that I mentioned, the Frida kit did come with a perennial, um, uh, spray so you can 
clean yourself down there and pat everything dry and be safe and clean and all those things. Um, and once again, everyone's going to be different, but definitely have these conversations with friends or people you trust or midwives or your OB, because I know these things can be a little bit nerve wracking and we overthink them. And I think that sometimes the buildup can then be worse than the actual experience. Now, in terms of what does life look like and feel like and all these kinds of things? Well, it's different. You know, it's going to be different. You know, it's going to be tiring because everyone's like, oh, you think you're tired now? Just wait. And honestly, I hate when people say that because we don't need any more, you know, fear mongering or people saying things that can be discouraging around pregnancy and postpartum life because it is hard. And there's an emotional component and there's a hormonal component where you're going to feel different. You might not feel like yourself. You're going to be in pain. You're going to be uncomfortable. You're going to be sleep deprived, but you know what? You're also really, really strong and you're really capable and you are allowed to ask for help. You are in a new season of life and you don't have to do it alone. So advocate for yourself, say yes to help, say yes to someone coming and offering to feed you or bring you food or, you know, switch your laundry for you, whatever it is, it is okay to say yes. It doesn't make you weak. It doesn't make you less of a mom. It is perfectly normal to not be able to do it all or for certain things to slide. Maybe you're not going to do laundry as often as you thought. Maybe you are not going to comb your hair or wash your hair as often as you thought. That's okay. All right. This too will pass. And I mentioned this in my birth story podcast, but I want to say it again. And that is you will likely have a lot of people giving you advice, whether it is solicited or unsolicited. Please remember, you do not need to take everyone's advice. You can politely listen and then disregard everything. You can ask for advice and still choose not to take it if it doesn't feel right. Okay. At the end of the day, only you know what's best for you, your family, your baby, all of that. So honor what feels right. For example, one piece of advice people like to tell me is you need to sleep when baby sleeps. And I was like, no, that doesn't work for me. I'm not someone who can really nap in the middle of the day unless I am absolutely exhausted, in which case I could nap anywhere in any position. But to be honest, that doesn't really happen. And it's not because I'm not exhausted. It's because the level of exhausted I need to be is very, very, very extreme. And so while I am sleep deprived and I have been sleep deprived, <laughs> prenatal, well before baby came and definitely postnatal or postpartum, I should say, um, I can still function decently. Although I will say I have recorded this podcast episode maybe three times because my brain is like, mm, this is hard. Uh, and I think the thing is, you know, everyone's postpartum experience is different in terms of work when they have to go back to work, you know, what your maternity leave looks like. I'm self-employed. I don't have a set maternity leave. So, you know, I'm back to working within days of her being born. Once again, though, to a different degree, I'm not, you know, taking clients right now. I'm not doing one-on-one -on -one coaching, but I am doing lots of other things like reporting podcast episodes and filling postpartum, you know, workouts and trying to continue some sort of things because, you know, that's my business and that's my work. And so please know that what you're going to experience is going to be different. Maybe it'll be easier, maybe more challenging than, you know, friends or people, you know, but that's normal. And so when you are going through these 
challenging times, try not to get caught up when people are like, everything's just going so great. Like, oh my gosh, maybe that's not going to be your experience. You're going to go, that, that's okay. It's not a sign of you being a bad mother. It's not a sign of anything other than like, oh, your experience is different than mine. Your baby has different needs in mind. You probably do as well than that other person, which is normal. We wouldn't think anything of that. But yet I know it's really easy to get caught up in the comparison and to let mom guilt come and kick in and feel like we are not doing enough. So with all that, you know, laid up, some other things I'm going to share are things that I have found helpful. You might absolutely not find these things helpful. And that is okay. Once again, this is that reminder to take what is helpful and forget everything else. Okay. So one thing that I found actually really helpful is getting out of the house sooner. Now, because we had our midwives and we were further away from their office, we had to drive to our midwife appointments as opposed to them coming to see us uh, and doing in-house visits. And so on day three of having left the hospital, we had to drive 40 minutes to go see our midwives so I can get checked and baby can get checked. And that was a lot. (laughs) It was a lot to like get her packed up. You know, oh my gosh, we need a diaper bag. What do we put in there? Like, oh, don't forget your um, donut pillow, Nikki, because it hurts to sit still because you still have stitches and you only gave birth, you know, three or four days ago, whatever that was. So there's a really steep learning curve, which is very normal, but getting out early, we were driving to this midwife appointment and I'm looking at the window and I tell Vitaly like, oh, like it'd be so nice when one day we can like, I'll go for like lunch together or something. That would be so lovely. And he's like, why can't we do that now? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, I guess technically we can. There's no reason like we can't. So we did after appointment, we went for lunch. We went to a very child friendly restaurant in case she decided she needed to wake up and scream. She didn't. She was a darling angel. Um, but we did it. Like, I think it was the Sunday. I gave birth on Thursday. We went out for brunch or lunch, whatever it was. And it was really wonderful. And then we had another midwife point a couple days later and we did the same thing. And we have been out to lots of restaurants, um, taken her out to fancy ones, to low key ones, to chains, to ones where I'm changing her on a very, very tiny bathroom counter covered in paper towel and a changing pad. Cause that's all that's available. But I think this has really helped me to not be fearful about going out because I know when you have a newborn and you have a baby, it's like, Oh my gosh, what if they cry? Oh my gosh. What if they poop themselves? What if they crap on their clothes? What if, and the whole time we've been doing these things, our motto is just like, worst case, we leave. Worst case, we get our food packed up and pay the bill and go. Worst case, we go wait in the car for our food to be ready and then take it and go. You know, worst case, we leave our friend's house early. You know, it's it's just how it is. We have been late for reservations. We have asked friends to come over instead of going out. You know, we have changed clothes covered, covered in poop in the backseat of the car. I have breastfed her and changed her diaper in the driver's seat of the car. Obviously car turned off and parked, but I've done all these things. And 
It has not always been easy. I have sometimes wanted to cry. I have sometimes been incredibly frustrated, but I think the thing is doing them sooner allowed me not to build up my expectations or fears more and more. Am I telling you to leave your house three or four days after and do all these things? No, 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 no. Go when you're comfortable, when you feel safe, when it feels appropriate for you and your children and your family. But know that if you want to give it a go, it's okay. You're allowed to do whatever feels right. You're allowed to explore and you're allowed to go, oh, I'm not going to do that again. That didn't work out very well. It's okay. And we always say, you know, as long as Maya is fed and safe and happy and healthy, we're going to experiment with doing things that we'd like to do. And we're going to see how she responds. And if it's positive, great. And if it's not, we won't do it again, right? She is a baby. She does have needs and we will always put those first, but we also like to, you know, build memories together as a family and experience things. And even though she is only weeks old, we like to quote unquote, show her things that we like to do. And maybe, you know, this is where it's more for us than it is for her. Cause yeah, she won't remember it, but it's such a special thing to go to places that we love now with her. And so going out is definitely something that's been really, really helpful, not only for my mental and emotional health, um, but for our relationship as well. And I think that advocating for what your needs are when it comes to your mental and emotional health is super important. And leaving the house is a really big one for me. And I don't necessarily mean leaving the house to do anything crazy. It might be going to the grocery store. It might be going for a walk. But I think that for many people, especially moms, the first weeks, months, whatever it is, feel like Groundhog Day. It's like the same day over and over and it's hard to differentiate between them unless you do something slightly different. And so leaving the house has been one that has been really, really incredible for me. It does not mean there have not been days with tears. It does not mean everything is easy breezy and I'm always in this most wonderful mood. No, some days are really hard. And I think especially running my own business, there has been a big shift in terms of having to re-examine what my expectations are for myself, what is realistic for me and when I can do things and when I can't do things and how many things I aim to do each day. Um, and it doesn't always work. Sometimes I have one task that just gets pushed and pushed and pushed. Like recording this podcast has been on my list for I think a week and a half or two weeks. And finally I'm recording it today even though I have recorded it multiple times because my brain is so foggy. Um, here we are. It is happening. So, you know, give yourself that grace to know that sometimes things are going to be really smooth and they're going to work on his plan. And sometimes they are not. And that is just part of this. Babies are going to do what babies are going to do. And we are just along for the ride. Some other things that I have found really helpful is once again, asking for help right? Vitaly helps me so much when I'm just saying like, Hey, like, can you change your diaper? Can you get her ready for bed? Can you refill my water bottle? Because I forgot to, and now I'm feeding her and my mouth feels like the desert or can you bring up a, a protein bar and leave it by her, um, chair that I feed her in because I forgot last night and I was absolutely starving. 
ask for help. When friends or family offer, it's okay to help. It's also okay to say no, which is my next point. And that is honor boundaries that feel appropriate to you. If you do not want family over all the time, or you do not want people visiting because you are figuring out how to breastfeed or you're figuring these things out, you're allowed to say no. We did not have people over to visit her, like just intentionally come to visit her for five weeks. And we've only had one person come over. We've had other people come over, but people that we've been like, hey, come over for dinner or hey, come over to celebrate Vitaly's birthday or, or whatever it is. But those have always been on, I don't want to say our terms because having people visit is also on our terms, but in terms of initiating things, we're just like, oh no, you know, we would love for you to meet her. We're just not having anyone over yet. And, and that's okay. You are allowed to do that. You know, sure. Baby won't be as small, but that's all right. <laughs> it's, it's totally okay. They will still see him or her when you are ready. The next thing I have found a really helpful postpartum is not stress over the little things. You know, you're going to mess up. You're going to forget things. It's okay. At the end of the day, once again, as long as baby is fed and loved and safe, it's okay. Those are the things that are the most important. Now, something else that I will say, especially as we get further into this parenthood journey that is so incredibly important is communication. If you are doing this with a partner or a husband, whatever, communicate. And if you are someone I think who is, whether it's a new relationship, whether you've been together, you know, 10 years or 15 years or whatever, it is so important because you have different expectations than them you probably want things done differently in them. You might need help in ways that they don't anticipate or you didn't know you needed help. And so being really patient and kind with each other is so important, especially when you are sleep deprived, struggling to figure out what to do, worried about if you're doing it right. It's normal. You are both there in the end to help each other and make life better. And so it's okay to say, Hey, you know what? I really need your help to do this. Or, you know, that was not very helpful. <laughs> or I know you're trying to help, but maybe next time you could try something else, whatever it, whatever it is. So as you go through this process, trying to communicate with love and kindness is key. And I say that as someone who is not always doing that as eloquently as I would like, especially when I am sleep deprived and tired and I haven't left the house and all I want to do is go for a walk or I haven't had the opportunity to feed myself and I'm hangry and I'm tired and I didn't sleep well. It's not always easy to be as kind and compassionate as I'm saying. So please know that while I recommend this and know that it does make a difference, I also recognize that it is a challenge for many of us because sometimes things feel like they're holding on by a thread. And when things are holding on by a thread, it's not always our uh, best selves that's coming forward. So, you know, aim for it, but also know that it's not always going to be fun or easy to communicate with your partner. And sometimes it's a matter of, I don't know what I need, but I need something and I need help and, and I don't know what it is. And, 
And sometimes that's just how it is. Sometimes it's hugging each other and crying and saying, I don't know what I'm doing. And this is really hard. That's okay too. There are so many emotions that go into this process, especially, you know, from a hormonal standpoint. And I know a lot of people struggle with postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety, baby blues. And if you are feeling those things, know that it's okay to speak up about it with someone you feel safe and supported by. It's okay to ask for help. It is definitely okay to say that you're not okay. It's okay to not, you know, enjoy every moment of being a mom. These are all very, very normal feelings. And sometimes I know there can be guilt around having those feelings or I shouldn't feel that way or it's, it's a blessing to have a baby. I shouldn't complain, but it is challenging. So you are allowed to feel all these things. You are allowed to express yourself. You are allowed to ask for help. These are all very, like I said, normal things. And sometimes asking for help might mean taking a shower. It might mean getting Uber Eats instead of cooking, whatever it is, allow yourself that need and, uh, Give yourself that grace and compassion that you would someone else in the same position. So as we continue to go through our new parenting journey in this postpartum life, one thing that um, a girlfriend of mine whose daughter I think is three now, she's like, whenever I see new moms, I always just look at them and I say, hey, you know what? It gets easier. You're doing great. And that's a really, really helpful reminder that I tell myself, you know, this is the season of life. I am learning. I'm doing my best and I'm going to make mistakes. It's okay. I know the intention with what I'm doing things. And even if it's not perfect, I'm doing my best. And that's really all that you can ask of yourself in these situations. So I'm going to wrap it up there. If you do have questions or thoughts or things that you want to hear more about, uh, on podcast episodes or online on Instagram, don't forget you can message me and you can DM me on Instagram at justget.fit. And if you are looking for workout programs for home, the gym, or prenatal workout programs, you can go to www.justget.fit forward slash stronger, or you can go to the Apple App Store or Google Play Store and search Just Get Fit Fitness for Women to download my workout app and get stronger today.